So we're going to get everybody back in. I was trying to share the Twitter space and accidentally closed up the last space. But we're uh, we're going to get this going here and get Jack's thoughts uh, once again. So just give us a second, guys. Thank you. Jack, you good? Uh, you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, the entire presser was him contradicting everything he had said. Uh, they're essentially running it back. And he, all they talked about was getting high-end talent, blank check, getting better. And they made moves to essentially stay the same, if not, and much of our opinions, be worse. So what he said up there, what he had said before, uh, it was night and day. And you just saw this, this distraught man, defeated man, looking at us and just lying through his teeth. And it was so obvious it was such a bad job of trying to not lie that it was so it, it he pissed off a lot of people today like people were on the edge he's going to unite flyers twitter by so uh yeah no i just he i was just saying he a lot of people didn't like him as is but he really lost everybody with today's presser yeah there, there's longtime fans i mean if you were in our first nhl free agent uh, spaces, you know, longtime fans were were venting. They were, they were emotional. They were fired up. They're pissed. Uh, you know, I think some some are beyond pissed. They're actually sad now. I think we mentioned, uh, and it's unfortunate. You know, I'm I'm thinking for myself, and you know, we have a a couple listeners joined us, so I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear how you're feeling as a Flyers fan. It's been a long time of this. It's it hasn't just been the last three four years. It's supposed to be better by now. I can't remember a stretch, at least for this long, where the Flyers have been not even just this bad, but the organization is dysfunctional. Like The organization just flat out stinks uh, right now. And, you know, I'll just, I'll just speak for myself for a second. Growing up, for me, the, the Flyers were uh, a source of joy, right? If, if you were having a bad day, you know, and, and you needed to escape life for, I don't know, two or three hours, however long the games are. You knew that every other Tuesday, Thursday night, whenever the Flyers played, you could go to them and just escape for a little bit. You know, whether they won or lost, they were enjoyable to watch. Now, I, I don't know how you can put on a Flyers game and think that you're escaping anything negative. It, like, like, the world sucks right now. Why would you turn on a Flyers game to make it worse, right? It's... Oh. Uh, it's it sucks. Uh, they're not the same source of of joy and escape anymore. It just it's just you know one more thing. Why am I going to waste three hours of my night? Kind of thing. I think we've been going through that. I think people were looking forward to changing that in this off season. And those of us who weren't team rebuild who really wanted to see it, who believed it was possible to turn things around, they just got a big slap in the face today. Like just. Unbelievable, and it's going to be like that for a long time. Fletcher is setting the franchise back. Like he, this was just such a colossal fail, no direction, and then to sit up there and just flat out lie, like wow. Like I, I don't know what the next move is. Like they they can't be trusted. They've lost. They're supposed to be putting asses in seats, and they did everything to just go completely against that. His his response to to when Charlie asked if. 
he sold the fa- the fans a bag of goods. He was like appalled. Like, are you kidding me? You literally lied. You spoke about high end talent and changing this and getting that, and then you completely you brought Justin Braun back for God's sake. All right, come on, hang on a second. Come on, Jim. He didn't do anything to anybody. He's a great. He's a- but but he's the best signing we made. <laughs> he is. He, that's true. So just think of it that way. That's what I'm getting at here. He, yeah. he our third pairing defenseman is the best signing we made today. I didn't After. think of it that way, Jack. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm just I'm just saying. Like somebody else take the reins because I'm just gonna go on. It's it, it's I'll take I'll take over for a second. Um, it's the lot. It's literally the lying thing for me. Um, you say you weren't in on Goudreau and then I think like I saw a tweet from Ant San like 20, 30 minutes after and was like, no, they were definitely in. <laughs> and that's just this whole charade that they're doing. Like there's, there's so many things wrong. They, they either know it's not a rebuild and they're just lying because they think fans are dumb and, and don't know, or they think that this is a retool and they're doing a good job. Which one is worse? I, I don't know. I think that's where the sad sadness part comes in. We're realizing how inadequate they are at their job. And it's scary because you could always talk. You could always see something in all the moves they made. Like they, they could be doing this or they could be doing that. And today everybody across the board is, is flabbergasted. Like they have no idea what is going on or why and why he's suddenly lying to, he's aggressively lying to us. Like it's unbelievable. And I don't, I didn't know where this was coming from. I don't know why. And I, I, what's, I can't wait to see what's next because this can't be it. This is unbelievable. Such a horrible fail. I, the fallout is just too much to bear and how they're going to put asses in seats. I have no idea. Do you guys think that it's possible that they changed course at some point and maybe maybe once Joel Farabee got hurt, they they kind of figured, okay, maybe we should take a step back from this retool thing and see who we can ship out here. You know, I don't want to say intentionally tank, but let's see how low we can finish without being intentionally bad. I mean, I know I know they did that this year. But uh, like, like for example, like guys like Travis Konechny, Ivan Provorov, meant they were rumored to be involved in potential trades. Who knows now? But I wonder if we could still see those guys moved. Uh, Konechny for for picks and and whatnot, and Provorov maybe. Uh, I don't know, maybe players picks. Who knows? But I'm I'm wondering if they changed direction and they're looking more towards. 23 24 now what do you guys think about that well the only thing i'd ask is why would they go so hard for like two years of tony d'angelo you know because we they signed him after they knew about Farabee, i believe correct or made the trade so it's like why do that and that on itself what an ill advised move that was to go trade for him lock him up for a mere two years uh at five million which kind of takes a shine off a guy like that and you don't have enough space to make it work with Gaudreau to the way I guess they would have liked to. Like, what was the thought process there? Like, what what, what was the urgency in getting D'Angelo in here? You know, and it, if Farabee was hurt at that point. So it's like they were still on that track. And today is what changed everything. 
I feel like I think Sam Carcidi asked that question, and I can't remember the response from Fletcher. I was just looking up to see if the transcripts came through, and I don't think they have yet. But pretty, I'm pretty sure Carcidi asked that question. You know, you made the move for D'Angelo. Did you make it too soon? Was it necessary? If the plan was to get Goudreau, was it necessary to make that move for D'Angelo? And and you're right, Jack. Like, uh, I don't. I don't know what the plan is. Do they, do they think that they're good at forward? Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm at a loss because we don't know what, what direction they're going in. It's, it's, and I mentioned before, I never needed the letter to say, hey, we're going to rebuild. But I would like something now to say, this is our plan. We're not, Torts kind of mentioned it in, in one of his press conferences. He, he said, playoffs aren't necessarily his goal for next season, something to the tune of that. He just wants to make sure he has everybody playing the right way. Right. And, you know, that means what it means. uh, The playoffs aren't necessarily a goal for them. I mean, that's clear. Yeah. And and with the moves that they made, it kind of shows you, you know, what mentality they want to bring in, you know, bringing in a Delorier, uh, potentially bringing back a McEwen, um, you know, the, the Braun thing's fine, pairing him up with Cam York. I, I happen to think Justin Braun's like a perfect third-pair guy to pair with a younger D. Um, you know, I, you know they bring in a guy like Tortorella. They want to change the attitude of the team. What worries me is the attitude of the entire organization may need to be changed. Like, it, it's just a mess. Right. It's like who, who like I said earlier, who told you to double down on Ristolainen? And who told you to stay away from Johnny Goudreau? I mean, those two things are like, I, like you said, there's that's the direction that they're in. There is, there is, there's not one. It's it's really that simple. And now that you don't improve your team, he said they got harder to play against. I I guess um, you're not now. You're going to heavily lean on a new coach with a worse roster and just heavily rely on his system. And then now that's up for major, you know, that could be criticized during the season because the Flyers don't have, do the Flyers have the talent to run that system? We don't even know that yet. No. And we didn't improve the roster. So it's just, it's, it's not good. (laughs) No, things are not good. Um, I do want to bring somebody in real quick. We, uh, we have our buddy joined us real real quick. Let me add him as a speaker. And I'm adding you as a speaker. Uh, Just make sure you click that mute button on the bottom left. Oh, I'm sorry, Anthony DeMarco. There's two Anthonys now. Yeah. I saw that he was just in here. It looks like he just left. Oh, he left? I think so. All right. We'll give him a second. In the meantime, we'll go for chance number four. <laughs> are you ready? For, for Minka. Minka, are you ready? I'm going to add you as a speaker. We'll give you one more chance here. Don't say connecting. Uh-oh. Oh, go on. Oh, my God. Okay. We got it. So. Wow. I was talking to my dad, like, who's been a fan since, like, um, since basically the beginning. Like, he's, like, even seen, like, he's once seen, like, the two cups and all that. Like, seen, like, the highs and lows. And he basically described Fletcher as a deer in the headlights, which is the way I would describe him, honestly. Yeah. Like, he was... I would say that back Like, he was basically a deer in the headlights. And, and also, I just want to ask... I would ask Fletcher, like, why wasn't moving JV, like, why was not moving JVR, like, a priority this offseason? Like, 
like seemingly not a priority. It, it sure didn't seem like one, right? No, not at all. Uh, he alluded to the price of uh, up dumping off contracts, but he refused to, for obvious reasons, name any names. But it just everything connects, like you know, the Gaudreau, the the not being able to. He just didn't want to admit it. He was too, doing too much lying to to really get into any of that because they were they failed. And what they were trying to do, and that led to everything else. So now he's just sitting, sitting at the presser, lying right through his teeth to us. It was, it's kind of embarrassing, man. Like it's, it's what politicians do when their things don't go their way. Like it was unbelievable. If Fletcher came out and was like, you know, we were we were looking to move a, a, a specific player. Teams wanted one of our 20, uh, 2024 first round picks plus this, this, and this which was just too much for us to give up to move a certain player's salary. And that's why we didn't do it. That's why we don't have Johnny Gaudreau today. Even if we didn't like the answer, I would have more respect for the guy instead of coming off like, oh, we were never in the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes. We all know you're, you're full of BS, dude. Just be honest. You know, you didn't want to do something, and, and that's fine. Just tell us the truth. I, I don't see – the harm in, in saying I didn't want to give up two and three and four assets to move a certain player. It's uh, I, I would have understood that instead. Really? We don't know. You know, it was rumored the 2024 one. It had to be more because why, why wouldn't he have moved that pick? It had to be more. Right. Oh, I'm sure it was. And people are turning on this team like incredibly fast. And so they're like, on, you know, after last year's debacle and all the mistakes they made, you know, so to come out and completely, first off, they signed a couple of guys that are a little questionable and they get rid of Limblom, which I'm questioning why now. And then he comes out and now we can completely can't trust them. We cannot trust them at all. Anything he says that's gone now too. Like it's like career suicide. I don't understand why he's, doing it what the point of it was if it had just been straight with us it would have went a long way a long way like look at al bomb and the comment he made like he was straight with everybody everybody loves him you know just just be straight you know like he just i I just they can't admit failure they want to make it seem like they know what they're doing and there's not eight different chefs in the kitchen and everything's just falling to pieces right before our eyes It's, it's so embarrassing i don't know what to say to people when they ask me about the team no. And, all right. So let's let's get to somebody else here. Evan uh, has been requesting to speak for a little bit here. Evan Atkins. I'm going to add you as a speaker. Just make sure to take yourself off mute. You should be in the bottom left corner and then fire. Got away. it, guys. You know, the only thing I can think of is I realistically try to think what the heck is going on. I deep down think Chuck Fletcher actually thinks that this is a good team that he's assembled a good team and they've had bad luck and it's injuries only that have made them so bad i really think that that is what is going through his mind because it nothing else makes sense even if they were to pivot like you said to say yeah we're going to now tank because we see some things we don't like the d'angelo sign sign in an acquisition makes no sense you gave up even more assets you know, I, I truly think he thinks this is actually a good team, and that scares the hell out of me more than anything else. Because if they think John Tortorella is going to come in, a guy who hasn't won since 2004 is going to magically fix this team and get guys that have underachieved that they've overvalued to start playing 
actual hockey. It's it's such a flawed concept, but it's the only thing to me that makes sense. I, I don't know if anyone else thinks that or, it, it, you know, because because nothing else makes sense. That that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I guess he's trying to rationalize that that's where you would go. That he actually believes in this team, and he didn't he didn't forget to bring up the whole injuries and all the the games men lost and whatnot. And he's got something of a point there. But to think that that was the only issue with this team and just shoring up your third pair defenseman and another fighter to be harder to play against on the fourth line, you know, and replacing, I guess, replacing ghosts in a way or Yandel, yeah, replacing Yandel, I guess, but completely not the top end talent that went out of here doing nothing with that and thinking that's good enough to actually compete. <laughs> I mean, that's even scarier. I mean, I, I look at Justin Braun and as a player, third pair guy, I'm fine, but just the optics alone, the optics that you re-signed and brought back him and, and what Kevin Connaughton and the Lord, I mean, these are, these are moves that today on a day like this, like there's no one there to be like, you know what? We know Justin Braun, but let, let's try to maybe just bring somebody else in to make it look like we actually want to change something up. But but to me, like even things like that, like the optics alone, it, it's just horrible. I mean, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I, I don't I don't understand. Yeah, last year was so bad. You just want to be different. And that just he's just another player that screams more of the same. And this is actually two years uh, back to back. We've been doing of a a lot of very very bad hockey, so <laughs> it's no no wonder the faith is completely evaporated for this front office. I think you know what's what's really getting to everybody is the whole blank check thing, right? <laughs> and, and that's and I'm serious because you can't say that you're giving your GM a blank check and come out and do what you did today. You can't do that. Like what? What did they spend? Three million dollars today. I mean, they also shipped it out the other day, right? In Limblom. I mean, they just these are their words, though. Like we, you know, they said blank check. They right. said aggressive retool. Right. You know, like we're going by what we were told by them after another horrific season, and now you know we're like. I love that Charlie phrased it that way. Bag of goods, like. Do you think you sold the fans a bag of goods? And that's exactly how we feel. Yeah. You hoodwinked us. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, seriously. And then he act, had the balls to act like, what? what are you talking about? Like, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just, it's unbelievable. And to double down on that, it's like, I was like, wow, they've completely lost their minds. And now they're just going to straight up lie like a politician. Nope. Next question. No comment. It's just unbelievable. He's no longer Chucky Two Trades. He's double down Chuck. Make a mistake and then make another one on top of it. Yeah, just uh, just make it worse. Yeah, let's get to uh, let's get Stephen on here. Stephen, I'm gonna add you as a speaker. Just make sure you uh, unmute yourself from the bottom left. What's up, guys? The one thing that really ticked me off was his smart remark of, "Oh, these players are hard to come by." Are you shitting me? One of the worst players in the league is hard to come by. I think analytically, he he could be the worst. It's not even like, a, a hard to come by because they're not good enough to be in the league, and nobody ever like that. Just pissed me <laughs> off. Like what kind yeah, of he says, smart ass mark is that? I mean, he went to Harvard. You know, yeah. it's it just he'll say anything to defend his his moves, and we've seen the results as a results bi- uh, driven business, and they're not there. So some it's why people can't stand him. Like. He, 
really thinks we're stupid. He's treating us like we're stupid. And if he wasn't forced to do these pressers, I'm sure he wouldn't do them at all because it, it is a joke. And his little, and he did his little uh, comment of who asked the question about the fans. And his, his response was, we got tougher. You really think the players we got are going to put asses in the seats? Really? Come on, man. Yeah, everything they do is uh, counterintuitive. Like, it's just they can't pick a direction. They can't do anything right. Even the simplest of things, they just can't handle. And it's it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing, but it's getting to the point where people straight up are. They, we used to say hate, throw that out there like it was nothing. Now I re- I'm truly believing that people hate them. Like, it is unbelievable the amount of trust they lost and how embarrassing they've become. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's getting really bad. Uh, and, and as far as Nicholas Deloria, a player, being t- player like him being tough to, to come by, that's because players like him aren't in the league anymore. You know? It's uh, a, a guy like Deloria was uh, was very popular, what, eight, nine, ten years ago? Don't get me wrong. I don't have – and a lot of you guys might not like this. I don't have a problem with the Deloria signing. Yeah, if you want to say, why do you need him for four years, Jim? All right, I get it. I, I like the guy. I like the player. You play on the PK, stick up for your teammates. I, you do need that on a team, you know. Um, but, you know, you had a guy in McEwen. It sounded like Deloria and McEwen are going to be battling each other for a roster spot. Like, But here's the thing with that, though, because he mentioned that a couple times. Don't you want your skill players battling for roster spots? Like, why do you need two guys with similar skill sets on the fourth line battling for a spot? That that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, like, what are we talking about here? And I think I think Charlie called him out for that for the qualifying offers for McEwen and and who was it? Somebody else. But then you think of the guys that kind of made a little progress last year, and like like Ratcliffe and those like younger guys who he thinks need to play better. But then he signs a 32-year-old. I think Mikey tweeted it and said, um, Delurier's never had an NHL contract longer than three years, and he's never made more than a million a season. Chuck gave him four years and $2 million a season. So it's just like the Chuck Fletcher rap sheet of just being awful. <laughs> like, like if GMs don't do something crazy, Chuck Fletcher will jump in and just make it worse. It's just it's awful. If from that perspective, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm back here looking at his, his past contracts now. And he's right. There's a three-year deal, a two-year deal, three-year deal, two, and two. Yeah, and he most recent was a million per season. And then, yeah, Chuck felt like he had to sign up for, for four years. Uh, what was it, 1.75, almost two million. Hey, you can use a guy like Delorier in the playoffs, that's for sure, but you need to get to the playoffs. So I think I think he tried the uh, there were other suitors in the mix excuse again, too, which he's done for D'Angelo and Ristolainen. And that was the reasoning as to why he had the overpay guys he doesn't need. Did it for bronze, too, when he traded for him. Just so you know that, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was waiting for that, honestly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, All right. Let's open it up here. We got Harley Harley Jarvis. I'm going to add you as a speaker. Make sure to take yourself off mute. Mike is in the bottom left corner. All right. What's up, guys? Yeah, so Chuck saying that, like, players like Nick Deloria are hard to come by is by far what I found, like, the most offensive about this whole press conference. I don't know. Just, like, I don't know if he's, like, just bullshitting the fan base or if he's being dead serious, but, like, that is just 
utter buffoonery. Like, I'm not sure if you watched, like, the postseason or not and saw, like, the pace and, like, speed of play, like, that was going on, what, like, successful teams in the NHL are doing. But it seems like he just has no concept of how to build a roster that can compete deep in the playoffs. And just the longer that this guy is here, the f- like the longer it's going to take for the Flyers to actually get to that point. And so, like, I don't, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, he's just completely in over his head. And I don't know. Yeah, so that's all I got to say. All right, thanks, Harley. So I'm going to be completely honest. One of the reasons why I love what we're doing right now, like typically, uh, what's tonight, Wednesday? Jack and I usually do our, our, our show, HW Radio, on um, Monday or Wednesday nights. I got to be honest. I didn't have a whole lot to say. I don't really know what to say. So, you know, hanging out uh, with you guys and, and, you know, hearing your guys' thoughts and, and opinions here is, is making this easier. Um because I don't know what direction they're going. I'm I'm back to I'm 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 apathetic, but I'm also a little bit pissed off. It's been a while since I've been pissed off with the Flyers. Um, something just doesn't feel right. We keep saying, you know, it feels like we're lied to. We're not stupid, you know. It, this isn't. I mean, Minnesota, I'm sure, is a hockey town too, but we're not dumb. Like Philadelphia fans are are, are pretty smart people. I think we can tell when someone's you know BSing us, and that's what that's what they're doing. And, and, and you know what really gets me fired up is it's constant BS, not just today. It's, it's been a, a few years of BS. I think when things are going okay, you know, you can go, okay, you know, what this guy just said is bullshit, but, they, you know, they're doing okay. They're winning a couple games. Now it's like, dude, this is rock bottom, and you, you, somehow you keep digging, keep digging the hole, you know? Like, just be honest. Be up front. So uh, Chuck's not the guy. I, I mentioned earlier. I've been giving him the benefit of the doubt for, for a couple of years. Because let's face it, Niskanen retired on him. And maybe Niskanen was smart. He saw the state of the team, state of the franchise, and said, dude, I'm not doing another year of this. Are you kidding me? So can't blame him. Uh, Chuck goes out and trades for Ryan Ellis. This time last year, you remember how excited we all were? Yeah. I mean, who, who could have saw that coming with and Ellis, does, right? Does anyone trust Chuck to – Sanheim's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Does, does anyone trust Chuck to get a proper return for a player like him? Like, wow. if he says, I'm not re-signing here. Uh, no. I mean, I think Fletcher is probably worse than Shirelli. And they let Shirelli hang around, like, just a little too long and then got strapped with a few more bad contracts, especially uh, – Cassian, the goalie. I just know that, that was like the final straw, and they had to let him go. I don't want to be in a situation like that with Philly because, with Fletcher rather, because he's already made a lot of those decisions. And the longer we keep him around, the more opportunity he's going to have to really screw us over. I already think he pushed us back, uh, what, at least three years before anything, can, you know, a direction can be, even be picked or whatnot. Two to three. Yeah, like yeah, the good old famous number. But like the longer he's around, it's going to get worse and worse and worse, and that scares the hell out of me. That's a good point, Jack. And uh, I think you knew how I felt about the aggressive retool as opposed to rebuild. And we can kind of open this up a little bit, uh, get a discussion on this going. I, I was completely against rebuild, right? Because when you hear aggressive retool. What does uh, well? Here's the thing. What does that mean to you, Jack? When you hear aggressive retool, 
Because maybe it, maybe they meant something completely different, and maybe it was us. Maybe we took that the wrong way. What the hell does aggressive retool mean? What's that mean to you, Jack? Retool is a word I learned well after rebuild, and to me that meant we can win. We just have to make a couple of fixes. That's all that is. We're going to just re- retool it. It's the perfect word. Aggressively means we're going to do it with a, like right away, and we're going to go hard which is right where blank check kind of falls in line with that line of thinking. Like if you want an example of that, that's an example, a blank check that tells you everything you need to know about aggressive. So they're going to turn it around. They're going to fix whatever was wrong and they're going to do it quick and hard. And they, none of that. I don't know how else you, what are you going to aggressively rebuild? What the hell would that even mean? Uh, I mean, they weren't even aggressively hard, you know? (laughs) nothing it looked like they were getting off to that track though when they signed tortorella it was like okay i I understand this now we have some moves to make in the offseason i mean ristolina being re-signed was you know that was bad i I didn't think that was the right move but it told me they're going for it so all right that's it they like them they're going for it they're they're not trading him away and rebuilding all right then they brought in tortorella okay still on the same track here they bring in tony d it's like okay okay that's still aggressive they went out and got him and then like the second they cut limblom and then on they change course they are they're not interested in this year they're going to shore up a few things to limp to the season ryan ellis's injury is so uh it just pushed their plans back so horribly that they're just going to tread water for this year and I was like, what? It doesn't make any sense. You completely took aggressively out of the title and you abandoned any retool you had going and went right back to band aid fixes from last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever they did to me was not an aggressive retool. You know, Delorier, Braun, that's not aggressive retooling. That's, you know, getting two depth guys. The retool was Debrinket or Gujaro. If you if you get one of those guys with the excitement of Tortorella, the vibe on Flyers Twitter and Flyers fans probably ever everywhere is at least a little bit of hope. You're like, okay, this guy is a piece, right? He is the, like a stepping stone that we can use to get out from where we currently are, get the fans excited, Tortorella. And that kind of goes to show Chuck's uh, job security, like his comfortability of, with where he is. Because if he signs Goudreau, he's good. His image is good. He's fine. Yeah, I mean, it, just making the team better and everything they said about adding high-end talent, that's a Chuck Fletcher quote from whenever he, around the trade deadline or whatnot. That's what he said. Johnny Gaudreau finished second in points to only Connor McDavid. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. it's also very aggressive to get a player like that uh, or to bring Kit to 40-goal seasons. Goals are hard to come by. Like, all this. And the, the return, whatever. I don't know what changed uh, from – Tony D'Angelo to Limblom, but it's a complete stuck in the mud all of a suddenly move. And it's, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm like at a loss for words because he's now flat out lying to us. Um, pretty much everything he said. Yeah. I, I'm still, I'm still stuck on aggressive retool. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what that, I don't know what it means, I guess. Like if, if I get the opportunity to ask, I, I will ask that. Maybe like explain to me what an aggressive retool means to you, because to me it meant something totally different than what you did, right? Uh, yeah, an aggressive retool means okay. Let's. What are we bad at? Well, everything. We need to score more goals and we need to give up less. Okay, how did you address either of those things? Well, 
You didn't. You didn't do either one. You got tougher. Okay. How are you going to win games? Well, you need to score goals and give up less. I don't know. Gaudreau would have made that entire top line better. He would have made Couturier better. He would have made whoever, if it was Farabee, Atkinson, if Konechny was still around, he would have made them all better. Um, the other guy we were looking at, Debrinket, right? He would have – I don't know. He, they were looking for players in specific age, age ranges, and apparently that was 30 and over. Right, Jack? Yeah, that was – We're looking for players between specific age ranges. What the hell age was that? Right, when they were out on the brink kit. Yeah, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. It's like we'd only move that pick for a certain player, a certain age range, and that it screamed the brink cat, screamed everything, and they're just – they're out. They're not willing to part with it. It's like this sudden love of their first-round picks has cost them some significant players, and uh, that move in itself did not scream aggressive retool. That was a very much a future move to stand pat. And I could have been okay with that if they made the other correct moves. But after today, you've literally laid out the last two months where they have gone back and forth, forth from aggressive retool, like a, like a tug of war. It's unbelievable. They, they can't stay on a the track. They just can't do it. Ottawa gave up 2022 seventh overall pick, a 2022 second round pick, and a 2024 third round pick for Alex DeBrinckis. Uh, you know, two picks in a supposed not so great draft and a 2024 third round pick. They kept all their 2023 picks and still got Alex to break it, you know, um, as a, you know, who's to see who knows what Cutter Gauthier is going to be. I happen to think he's going to be a, a pretty good player for the Flyers. And, you know, uh, we expect he should be with the team, not next season, but the season after. So two years. Um, number one, that already pisses me off because we're waiting two years to see a player. And I know that's, you know, typically how things go. But I, I got no more patience for that, right? Especially when we're fed what we've been fed the past however many months, aggressive retool, blank check. We're going to get players. Johnny Gaudreau wants to play for the Flyers. I'm, I'm sick of waiting. And you have an, a, a kid like Alex DeBrinckit sitting right there, uh, scored, tw- scored 40 goals twice in his career, only 24 years old. And you lose out on them because you don't want to trade a first and a second round pick in this year's draft. I mean, they didn't have a second round pick. Man, I I don't know. I, I, I thought Chuck was doing an okay job with asset management until recently. And maybe we should have seen this coming with the wrist aligning trade. Because you could, you could try to justify that and, and balance out Fletcher's moves and say, yeah, he made a really bad move there. But look at the other moves he's made. He's, he's done okay, or at least, you know, how you can't really fault him for Ellis getting injured and Niskanen retiring, things like that. But maybe that was kind of like the first red flag when he traded that first first round pick for a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen. And, and then attached a second and Robert Haig along with it. It was a second round pick, right, that he gave up? Uh, yes. for Yeah, it was the first, second, and Haig. Maybe we should have. That was the first red flag, right? Because yeah. this is not a player that you should be trading. I mean, the, the Senators just got Alex DeBrinckit for a first and a second. Uh-huh. And we're, we're trading for Rasmus Ristolainen, <laughs> who was okay last year. So I'm not, I don't mean to sound like I'm, you know, I'm jumping all over the guy. He was okay with Sandheim last year. He was serviceable, but not for what they gave up for him, right? 
So that was the red flag. And this summer, or, or this, whatever you want to call it, it's just been not great. You miss out on Gaudreau. You miss out on Debrinket. There could have been – well, let's let's move on a little bit because I don't want to go off the rails here. People don't want to hear me go off the rails. Let's get to um some of the people waiting to speak here. Sorry about that, guys. Let's get Joey Digest on. Joey, I'm going to add you a speaker. Make sure to take yourself off mute. Okay, buddy? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the the franchise in a, in a tough situation right now. Um, I can't help but think back today after seeing that pathetic press conference, thinking back to days like um, the stadium series at the link, knowing that it was Wayne Simmons' last game, uh, thinking about years that followed, seeing that core of Jeru Voracek and Simmons – all kind of like filter out one by one. We got Giroux now teamed up with the Brinket. We got Voracek teamed up with Gaudreau. All promises uh, not kept by our front office. Uh, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's really, really tough to see. Um, the only thing, the only thing that I can think to point in Fletcher's mind is something that I think another listener brought up earlier, which was the idea that he's just putting literally every single chip into his progress of where he wants this team to be moving forward by saying that he's had bad luck, he's had injury issues, Niskanen retired on him unexpectedly, and so he has to stay that course for his own principles But ultimately, what that's going to do, I don't know if anybody else felt the way that I did listening to that press conference. He sounded like a man who already knew he was going to be canned in, I would imagine, the first couple of months of this upcoming season. Briere is going to inherit something terrible. Um, (laughs) Thoughts? You know what? Maybe they are buttering us up for a bad season and then – Fletcher's the scapegoat, and that buys them more time. Uh, I could see it. It makes sense based on the moves made. It also makes sense that Fletcher would want to double down on what he believed in and hit the mis- excuse machine. What scares me about that and injuries and all that is you got Farabee's going to miss Parsa at the beginning of the season. Ellis may never play again. You didn't replace Drew's production at all. So I don't know how leaning on that philosophy and not replacing that per kind of production is uh, going to bold well for this guy. It just There's just no way. Maybe he's uh, really banking on that third line. Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett. They can replace Drew's production. Just add up all their numbers together. Well, Frost should be able to do it all by himself by now, right? Man, he's a whole nother thing. I mean, I mean, what do you think? Because he did bring up Morgan Frost, I think, during that press conference, didn't he? Uh, well, that's, they like want these kids to take that next step, but he keeps signing guys to push other guys out. Like, like I, I just don't, I don't understand it. And they're going to rely on him again. We're going to have these same storylines going into next season. Just another year has passed, and God forbid another one of these guys get hurt, like Wade Allison or Frost, or just delays the answer we're looking for. It's just going to be more frustration. You know, they're not going to win. And it's and then we're going to be worried about Carter Hart's psyche, and it's going to get bad quick. Proveroff too, for that matter, if he's even still here. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I, I, he's a dead man walking. I, I see, you see, you can see it. 
Yeah. And, you know, well, we've heard some things in regards to Hart and uh, pro, more pro overall. Um, I think to the point where uh, I, I really will be surprised if Ivan Provorov's on the team next year. You know, um, I thought he would have been, well, he, he was rumored to come up, uh, to potentially be moved at this past year's trade deadline. Um, didn't end up being moved. I don't know if they were really serious about moving him. I think they were more gauging what the market looked like for him. And this offseason, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I think I would be surprised to see Provorov in a Flyers jersey come day one uh, of next season. It, it's just a mess. It, it's it's just a mess. I don't think – this is me assuming. I don't know anything. I don't – some of the players I don't think are happy. And I'm not sure – I'm not sure how much they like Chuck Fletcher. You know, and nobody does right now. So who can blame them? I mean, these guys got to play for them. Uh, just just more dissatisfaction and more issues with the locker room that is already splintered and there's issues and it's going to be a never-ending cycle yep yep do you guys do you guys think that this is something that ultimately john tortorella could like utilize in the locker room to say like the people upstairs they don't want you here next year i want you here play for me is that like an advantage that he might have I hope so. I hope so. I think Tortorella is that kind of guy. I was just so we could talk about Torts for a little bit. That's a good idea. When they brought him in, I think people like him can potentially create some sort of ripple effect um, where, you know, their, their personality is contagious. You know, um, he'll rub off on guys. He'll rub off on people where, you know, he's not going to take any shit from the people above him in the front office. And he's definitely not taking shit from anybody, you know, perceived below, i.e. the players. And, uh, you know, that kind of attitude rubs off. And it's like, okay, shape up or ship out on both sides, you know, because I think pe- like people like John Tortorella, in my opinion, um, are contagious. Like, I'm drawn to people like that myself, you know. So uh, he would get me excited. He would get me fired up. And in turn, I would hold, you know, the next two guys accountable to the same, uh, the same line that he's holding me to. So I think he will have a positive effect. Hopefully he has that effect on Provorov. I think everybody's different, right? Every single person in this space is different. So let's say, let's say Jack's the coach. Jack has to get through to me in a different way that he has to get through to you. Right, Joey? Um, where let's say Jack can say whatever, whatever he wants to you because he knows that you're not going to take it personal. You don't have a huge ego, right? So it's easier for him to communicate with you. With me, I have a massive ego. And if you tell me I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to tell you to go after yourself. Jack has to find a way to get through to me to get the best out of me. He's got to break, he's got to break me down. And I think that's what Torts may have to do with Ivan Provorov. He's got to break down that wall because what it sounds like is is Provorov is he's not happy. It doesn't sound like maybe I don't know who he's mad at, you know. So I'm, I'm not going to assume anything there. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's not happy. You go back to his last press conference. Tortorella is going to have to to try to figure him out, right? He's going to have to try to break down a wall because people who are usually a little bit pissed off 
they don't want to be convinced of anything. They they want one thing, and that's if he wants to leave, that's what he wants. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to stay. Tortorella is going to have to figure out how to get through to Provorov, and then and then yeah, I hope he can, and and then we'll probably see the best Provorov that we've seen in a, in a while. You know, does that make sense? It makes sense. I'm just I'm hoping that he can able to do that, and some of these players' minds aren't already fractured from what they've been through. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I am excited about the Barella hire. So, you know, that's uh, that gets me excited a little bit, I guess. It's just what we're going to watch next year is, I guess, not what I was expecting when I heard aggressive retool. You know, that's true. let's uh, let's get to another listener here, Tim Vant. I'm going to add you a speaker. Your mute button is on the bottom left. Make sure you take yourself off mute, buddy. Joey, thanks again. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you for uh, hosting this. I think everyone in here appreciates that. Uh, So as Jim knows, as he and I have had some back and forth on Twitter, I've been full into the camp that the Flyers need to rebuild. Because as I look at teams like Colorado, Tampa, even the Rangers, Edmonton, those type of teams. The Flyers are nowhere close to that. But after, you know, a couple months and, you know, Fletcher saying they're going to aggressively retool, I was starting to get behind them. Okay, you know, bring in someone like the Brincat or bring in someone like Johnny Gaudreau, who, you know, I love Johnny. I played for his dad hockey growing up. I know Johnny a little bit. Great guy and obviously one of the best players in the league. But after today, I'm just – I don't even know how to feel. Like, they aren't being aggressive in a retool, and they're not blowing the team up to rebuild it. So I don't really know what direction they're going in. They're based, they're bringing back the same team, and they're either hoping that somehow they can luck into, like, the last playoff spot if they somehow get super lucky, or that they luck into being worse than teams like Arizona – where you know maybe they'll get the first pick. Like I don't really know what the direction they're going is. I don't know if either of you guys have any idea like what they could possibly be doing. But I can tell you what it crazy. what it looks like they're doing. It it looks like it it doesn't look like they're trying to make the playoffs. That's for sure, right? Because they they're worse than when they started last season. You know, I would be shocked if Ellis starts the year excuse me, starts the season. They don't have a Claude Giroux anymore. Um, Oscar Lindblom's gone. They replaced him with Delorier, who's not a better player, does different things, but he's, he's not a better hockey player than Oscar Lindblom. Uh, I mean, sure, they picked up Tony D'Angelo. Um, is he better than an injured Ryan Ellis? Yes. But uh, I, I don't see how they're substantially better. And they didn't just miss the playoffs last year. They finished, what did they finish? Third to last, second to last? Third to last, yeah. So if it, if they didn't get significantly better, I mean, yeah, they're going to have a healthy Couturier. Sure, they're going to have – you would assume they're going to have a healthy Couturier, a healthy Hayes. I mean, these are two guys that play in all situations. So obviously they will help. But they needed more. They need they need guys that can put the puck in the net, right? And they didn't, they didn't go out and get that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing they're thinking that you know you have a hopefully a full healthy year of Couturier, a full healthy year of Kevin Hayes, who he looked pretty good towards the end of the season last year, and they're hoping that you know D'Angelo 
will improve their power play, which was abysmal last year, and that maybe he'll play a little bit better on the defensive end of the puck. Uh, you know, that maybe they can luck into being better. But, I mean, teams in our own division, I think, are get like the Rangers got better today. The Devils didn't really make any moves, but, I mean, just their young guys are getting better. Like, the Islanders, I think, will be back. Like, the Flyers are, like, the worst team in the Metro. So, I don't know what they think, really. Like, as much as I like Couturier and Hayes, like, of those are your top two centers. Like, I just don't know how they think the team is going to be any better than last year. And then, like I said, I don't think they're going to be so bad where, you know, like Arizona or Buffalo or Montreal or whoever to where they're going to get that first pick and get, you know, Bedard or someone like that. So I just, it's been a disappointing day as a Flyers fan. I just don't see a direction. And I feel like you know, I've been a Flyers fan my whole life. And I feel like it's like the first time that they just have no direction, whether they want to try and compete and be aggressive or they want to rebuild. They just have no idea what they're doing. And Fletcher, I think like Minka said earlier, is kind of like a deer in the headlights and, he seemed like he had his press conference today. Like his answers were just not what I was expecting. And I just don't really know what to do going forward. <laughs> I think you uh, feel like a lot of us, Tim, right, Jack? Absolutely. He might as well have just pled the fifth all day at the presser today. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And it, it worries you because what you're saying is, is Fletcher's eye for talent that poor does he really think his team is close enough to the rest of these teams that they can actually compete with the metro being as good as it is i agree they are the easily the worst team in the metro you know they and they already have injury concerns and they just didn't do anything to make themselves better they it looks like they pivoted right after d'angelo and i don't know whenever a, a johnny gaudreau is available it's very hard for a team to fi- who can make it work find themselves in a situation where it's not a good idea to bring that player in. That's got to be super, super rare. But somehow the Flyers felt they didn't need him. And here's another thing. You know, you finish a season like you did last year. Even if, even if you're giving yourself the benefit of the doubt. If I'm the GM of the Flyers and my team just went through a year like it did last year, I'm not. I'm not running back a, a, a roster that finished third to last. I, even if I believe in, I don't know, 95 percent of the roster, I'm still going to try to make it better, right? Because just losing Couturier is not going to help you make the playoffs. Like you needed a, a lot of help. Like there was a lot wrong last year, buddy. Right? Like I know Ellis, Hayes, Couturier, all those things hurt. But holy shit, man! Like Delorier and Braun, they. It, it it does make you wonder what direction are they actually going to go, right? Like because he, he can't really he can't really believe this team could potentially make the playoffs as is, and unless he really really believes in John Tortorella, and based off what we heard before Tortorella was hired, he he didn't even want Torts, right? So there's no way that he's thinking, okay, Torts is the guy. Uh, yeah, think everything's going to be great, right? Torts was not Chuck Fletcher's guy. I don't care what he says, and, right? Like it was the uh, was Jack. What the hell were they called? The advisor firm, or firm, or whatever the hell they were called for the coach. Yeah, whoever the hell they brought in to do their job for them. Yeah, they picked Torts. They said John Tortorella is the perfect coach for where your organization is at right now, and he said, "All right, right." It wasn't Chuck Fletcher's hire. 
he 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 didn't want John Tortorella. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work. Um, There's just more lying. There's just more lying that they've been telling us, and now they're not even hiding it. And, and yeah, I don't know who's really running the show. Uh, allegedly, it's Fletcher's decision at the end of the day, but you know he's being told five different things from five different people, and that is the probably the biggest reason why there's so much inaction and sudden, a sudden change in the direction they were going this offseason. And now it looks like they're going to be in purgatory, stuck in the mud, and we're going to miss out on everything. Yeah. What kind of bummed me out a little bit was when, you know, he was talking about cap space, and he mentioned, well, we still don't know what the hell is going on with Ellis. Um, he might be back. He might not be back. If you listen to – I want to say it was – well, I'll just say Anson Panfilippo. I don't remember where he said it. I think it was on Martita's show. But he mentioned, both of them mentioned that they think Ryan Ellis could be done. They think his career could potentially be over. And Chuck is still talking like there's a potential that he could play next season. So I don't. we don't know what's going on there. Uh, but let's say, you know, we could be looking at whatever, $6 million potentially off the books. And then if they move JBR at the deadline, I'm, I'm trying to think positive after listening to that press conference. Cause I'm, uh, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see picture his vision. Like, what are you, what are you seeing that you only needed to bring into Laurier and Braun? Like what's this? So the, it seems like the plan is to wait for Ellis to retire. Right. Because I mean, yeah. what, what is, you, you say cap is the problem, right? Cap space is the problem. In 2018, you said you had enough cap space and you had prospects and you were great and you were good to go. What are wh- How are you getting rid of the cap space? You just signed a 31-year-old to a long contract and more money than he's made before. That, that Those, like Jack says, it's just lie after lie. True. It's true. It's demoralizing. You know, you, you can't even – you can't even put a full – train of thought together with this team like are you, like it's impossible to make yourself feel better <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, okay, yeah well, you they find, still have this going for them they still have that but they just don't you find one thing and then it leads you to another and then another and then another and then you just you go insane <laughs> yeah jim i'm glad you came to that realization because we used to <laughs> trying to find positives from that presser i'm like man jim's got a big hill to climb here <laughs> well like, I, i'm just trying to understand what guys coming from but then like you have to remember that a lot of what he's saying is just not truth you know so trying to understand where someone who's not telling the truth is coming from like you're just going to drive yourself nuts and sound like an asshole you know what i mean yeah. so, sorry for cursing i don't know if anyone's pg-13 in here or not but well asshole's okay in pg-13 yeah we all have one so we're good um let's take another listener uh mitchell estes i'm gonna add you as a speaker just make sure to take yourself off mute with the microphone on the bottom left, Mitchell. I'll give you a second. And Sans hosting um, Mitch. now, it looks like. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hosting us. Oh. Yeah. So I really just honestly believe that. It's like, that's what I was saying it for, I think, I mean, everyone says in Snyder, I agree with them. And then I don't want to hate on Gritty, but then it turned into like a little mascot show. Like, what, what's the culture of the Flyers, like, organization? Like, people are miserable playing there you see people so happy you see all the comments post exit on trades and like you know not not re-signings it's just what's the culture like and like is this corporate owned team with no edge schneider like i I like that it's tortorella possibly being the 
the wedge in that and like not taking shit as we just commented on, but the culture is just not in the right place. And obviously we all speak on Fletcher. It's the main topic of the show, but there needs to be some kind of change from the top or like, I would say someone just rebuy this team off Comcast, never going to sell them. But like, this is just ridiculous at this point. Um, there's no more heart to this like organization. So it's a shame, but that's all I got for y'all. No. And thanks for chiming in, Mitch. Great points. Uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned it a, a ton and I think a lot of fans feel the same way, right, Jack? Like the heart of the flyers, you know, stopped beating when Ed Snyder passed away. And, uh, you know, we could get into that whole thing. Um, but let's kind of keep it more, uh, what's happening now, right? Like the light went out and they had no one to take the reins. Uh, the corporation took it over. They made a corporate hire, bringing Chuck, Chuck Fletcher in and, and Jack, Let's talk about Hextall a little bit, because if there's one thing that it's starting to look like Hextall did not do, it was he wouldn't take shit from anybody, right? Whereas Fletcher is basically, uh, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, he's basically a puppet. He's he's doing whatever he's asked or told to do. At least that's what it looks like. Hextall, even though I didn't like Hextall the GM, like I downright hate him. At least he didn't take anyone's shit, which I can respect. If you have a plan, stick to your plan. And he and he did. I hated his plan, but I respect him as a person. I expect him as a man for, for doing that, for sticking to his plan and, and not wavering because so-and-so is trying to get you to do this or that. Can we just find a medium, a guy between Hextall and Fletcher, please? Like, you can still stick to your plan and take suggestions while not letting everybody push you around. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, and that's clearly what we don't have here. And the number one counterpoint I get to all my rebuild talk is, well, who do you have running this rebuild? Because the guys at the top, all of them are completely inadequate. So what are you doing there? You know, something It's a good point because I don't want, I would never want these guys anywhere near anything like that. I mean, they'll never sell the team, but like you need to get as close to change at the top as you can. And I guess a lot of people point to Dave Scott, but like from him under, everybody it's the only way i can see this team somewhat getting back on track with some kind of future yeah it's it's going to be uh we'll see uh we so since fletcher was brought in uh, it seems like every off season we're like oh it's going to be an off season of change it's going to be an off season of change and yeah he'll he'll x out different players you know board check for atkinson bring in rest of the line and uh brian ellis for nolan patrick and Phil Myers, obviously shipping out Gossip Bear. This year, I was expecting more of the same. But now, I feel like, okay, we're supposed to be expecting that again during the season next year. Maybe James Van Riemsdyk is a trade deadline trade. Or, you know, Ryan Ellis is going to open up cap space. Who knows what happens there? Like, I just all – I, all I want, and I, I think probably all the listeners want, is just as the team win. That's – it's really all we want. Why is that so hard to do? Why is it so hard to build a winning team? Other teams, like, we like to bring up the, the Detroit Red Wings, right? Right, Jack? Like, we love Steve Eiserman. Hell, I, I'm afraid I don't want Chuck Fletcher going anywhere near making trades with that team. They suck, but they have a plan, right? They have a plan. They draft well. They develop well. They got a good, steady front office with a genius GM, but like they have structure. 
They have structure at the top. That trickles down, you know, and I feel like with it being in such holes across the board, it's going to be like this until you wipe the slate clean and start over. And they refuse to do that. And I at least at one point believed, okay, well, if they're going to go for it, they're going to go for it. They're going to go hard. And then they pulled back on that as well. And it's like, we're just going to kick dirt here. Like, I, I can't believe that. Like, and, and I, I don't see a way out. I don't know what, nobody wants to fire anybody. Nobody really knows who's running the show. And, and it's going to be a lot before they get things back on track with some kind of direct direction. And we just happen to see today how far they're willing to go to try to, because they think we're stupid, really. Today showed that they flat out think we're all dumb. Yeah, it does feel like that. And uh, I think we've been we've been going on here for close to an hour, if not an hour. Uh, so what I want to do is we have one, two, three, only four more people have requested to speak here or five. Um, I just want to, you know, make sure we get everybody in because when we did this earlier today, uh, we didn't get everybody in here. So um, let's do that. So uh, the next person that we want to add in to, to question or comment is flyers. Give me failure of the heart. So I'm going to add you as a speaker. Just make sure to unmute yourself. The button is on the bottom left. Which I, I think is, there you go. Are you on there, pal? We'll give it one, two, three. We'll leave you on speak. If, if you end up getting your mic fixed over there, just feel free to uh, fire away, pal. Jim, real quick, can I read a quote from Kekalainen? Yeah, go for it. GM Yarmo Kekalainen on a wide signing Johnny Gaudreau was the right move now. Wanted to come here, so you can't pass up an opportunity like this. Once we knew that this was a desired destination for him, we went for it. End quote. Wow, is that the exact opposite of what Fletcher alluded to us today? Yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it almost feel like he's mocking Fletcher a little bit there? I mean, I don't think he is, but doesn't it sound like that a little bit? It, it does sound like that, but it's also the most logical thing to say. So, and it's yeah. a logical theory as well. So it's like, yeah, he's mocking them in a way, but it's also what anybody would do. Yeah, man. How about that, by the way? Like, okay, he didn't come here, but like, thank you, Johnny Gaudreau, for for not signing with the New Jersey Devils. Like, I didn't realize how much I disliked the New Jersey Devils fan base until this whole little thing. Like, I've always had a somewhat. It, it's like a bitter. It's not the same as the hatred I had for the Rangers. Or even the Penguins. But, like, there's just, just this weird I, – I just hate the Devils and I hate their fans. Like, the whole market I just dislike. Do, do you know where I'm coming from there, Jack? Like, like the Rangers, it's like a rivalry. But, like, back in the day, I think that's where it comes from. The whole Flyers-Rangers rivalry going, like, back in the day. Yeah, no, I absolutely hear you. I, I mean, I'm still waiting to meet a Devils fan. I'm sure they're out there. But <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I wouldn't like them very much. No, they're just they're just douchey. I don't know what it is about them. I, I can't get along with, with Devils fans on Twitter. They they just I don't know. Brodor changed their mindset. They're different. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's get back here. We're gonna try to wrap this up since I want to get as many people in as possible. Michael Steinman, adding you as a speaker. Just make sure you unmute your microphone and uh, fire away. Michael. We'll leave you on speak. If you get that figured out, just feel free to chime in. Uh, next person here, Declan Coyle. Declan, I'm going to add you as a speaker. 
Just unmute yourself. The microphone's on the bottom left. Hello. Hey, Declan, what's up, man? Thanks so much, James. Appreciate you letting me join here. Uh, yeah, man, just just a really tough day to be a Flyers fan, man. I mean, just just thinking about years ago when Johnny had that, that press conference and he kind of hinted that, you know, Philadelphia was a place he wanted to go to. And just how much time we had to prepare for this moment. You know, you look after the bubble season, we didn't make any additions beside Eric uh, Gustafson. After that season, you know, Chuck really went all in last year and gave up a lot. Obviously backfired. And then, you know, you think with his job on the hot seat, he would do everything he could. And he even said he was going to do an aggressive retool. He was going to be aggressive. He said that in January. He lied all to our faces because aggressive retool is not trading three picks for Tony D'Angelo, signing Laurier to a four-year deal, and bringing back Justin Braun. That's that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. It's it, it's really bad when he's going to sit up there and blame cap space and you know blame you know prospects not developing and. He is at the front of all of this. So just a complete disaster of a press conference, too, to top it all off. And, you know, I wish I could say it would be better, but I, I don't know the direction we're going in here at all. Yeah, yeah you sum up uh, pretty much how we feel as well. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's disappointing. Jack, like, we were hearing it was a lock for Goudreau. Like, like I went to bed. Just like I felt like I knew I was just waiting for 12 o'clock in the afternoon today for it to be announced. Like it was in my mind, done deal. Johnny Gaudreau is going to be a flyer tomorrow. Right. Um, and for that not to happen is uh, it's just an utter failure. There, there's no other way to put it. It should have been Chuck Fletcher saying what Yarmo Kekalainen said. We, there was an elite play. An elite player wanted to play for our organization. We had no choice but to sign him. That Chuck Fletcher should have been saying. We were more than happy to bring him in because it's not every day this type of player wants to play for your organization. You didn't have to throw it. They didn't end up paying 10, 11 million dollars for Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, nine point whatever is still you know a good chunk of change. So don't get me wrong, money wasn't the issue. It was it was the issue on the Flyers' end, and in my opinion, that's a fireable offense. You knew he was you knew he was a free agent. You didn't open up any cap except for buying out Oscar Lindblom, fan favorite. Huge mistake. I don't know how he still has a job. Um, yeah, uh, let's take one more. Actually, you know, we got a couple more. Let's try to get as many in as possible here. I'm going to go to Jerry. I think I've seen Jerry waiting for a little bit. Jerry Temple. Adding you as a speaker, just please make sure to take yourself off mute and fire away, Jack. Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. Thanks for hanging hey, man. out. Man. Uh, just, uh, I mean, a lot of hate on Chuck Fletcher today. It's completely warranted. And honestly, like, this whole offseason, in my mind, as I go back and look at what's transpired over the last year, it kind of got off the rails going back to August when I honestly thought he extended Sean Couturier to that new contract way way too early and I feel like that's kind of pigeonholed him to the point where 
you know, he was forced to shell out money to Risto, had to give the money to D'Angelo now. And it's kind of left them in this just no man's land where, you know, you have what roughly 15 million committed to your first and second line centers that, you know, if you combine their speed, they probably couldn't outskate, you know, Braden point, you know, blue line to blue line or something. Um, it's just, I like, there is zero direction of where this team and this franchise is going. And I just like, I don't know how you come back from this. Like, how does Dave Scott look at what he's done over the last two months and be like, yeah, you know, it's cool. We're going to, we're going to be better next year. I just, it, it just, nothing, nothing that's transpired over the last two months for this team. Like any personnel decision has made any whatsoever. It's just, it's brutal. You know, good point there. Like, how can you come back from this? Right, Jack? Yeah, I don't think you can. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of fans, including myself, this presser was the last straw. And and it's just, you got, you just don't know what you're doing. You're being told stuff by other people. You're pretty much a dead man walking. You're not going to be good next year. So all we got to do is we, we just have to wait. We have to wait for them to go off to a bad start again. He's probably out of here by December. You know, I mean, that's the way I look at it. And it's, I don't know why he would go for it. Uh, the point we made about Couturier in August and doubling down on Ristolainen. And Ristolainen was really where it was for me, but Couturier makes sense as well. But when they re-signed him, I said, any chance at a rebuild is essentially out. They have to go for it now. They ha- And if you're going for it, you get the best players you can. Jock said himself about the high-end players to completely botch this. That's it. It's done. He, and Johnny waited too. He went out of his way. We never had a player do that. Usually it's, you know, run to the, offer the most money, run to the finish line, get it done. He's sitting around waiting because he wants to be a flyer so bad. And you, and you see Yarmo's comment, his quote, and you're just like, man, you guys could not have screwed this up anymore. And then you're going to have the balls to lie right to our faces and be appalled when we're asked about how you duped us. Like, Wow. I mean, you have to move on from that guy and more at that point. It is, it is just an all-time low. I mean, like, what are like, what are the guys that are, you know, that are here for the long haul? Like, what are like they got to be sitting at, at home like tonight, text, texting each other? Like, what did we get ourselves into here? Like, Carter Hart's got to be absolutely miserable right now. Like, what are they going to do? Try and win every game two to one next year? Dude, I remember. I mean. Jack, remember that that Jerry just said that about Hart, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, we're gonna see because while while I'm listening there, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're probably gonna between now and the start of the season, what could possibly happen? Like, who are the who are the fan favorites on this team still? Travis Konechny, right? Would you say Ivan Provorov is still a fan favorite, or are people pretty much? I think I think fan bases out on. I think honestly, the only fan favorites are. Probably Hart and Faraby. They're the guys that I'd say uh, fans would go to the wall for. Ac- Atkinson, know? the guy who's been yeah. here for a season. Yeah, he's like his voice is taking over for sure. But what scares me about the point about Hart is when asked about the Tony D'Angelo uh, move, Fletcher es- essentially said that a, a good defense is playing offense. So the, I, we're not winning any two to one games. <laughs> like. <you know>? like <laughs> Like it, it is, it is so ass backwards. I can't even begin to describe it. I was hoping for some 
amazing creative moves in the offseason after we signed Gaudreau. But seeing what we've seen so far, I be, wouldn't be surprised they didn't do another thing until the start of the season. Big uh, backup goalie? Are they just saying, hey, like mm-hmm. we're, we're packing it in? Sandstrom or uh, – Grosnick? <laughs> That guy with uh, oh, well, yeah, what was it? Three NHL game experiences, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I've been fed. I was going to be watching games from the Arctic Circle with a TV that's got rabbit ears, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy shit, man! Like when it like when it rains, it pours, right? Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to our next speaker here. Well, let's go to Nathan Lee. Nate, I'm adding you as a speaker. Just take yourself off mute, buddy. Jerry, thanks again, man. Great, Nate. Whenever you're ready, pal. Hey, guys. Thanks for letting me in. Hey, thanks for hanging out, Nate. Yeah, just, just thinking back to the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup finals and just seeing the speed and the talent of Tampa Bay or Colorado or any of the teams who really made it that far. I just – none of the moves that the Flyers are making either last year or this year or just the team that's always on the ice that we see every season – never seems like they're up to par with any of these teams. Like, they will never, ever, no matter what they do, have the speed, have the talent that these teams have that are winning championships. It's just never going to happen. And then they wait around. One of the best players in the league waits, doesn't re-sign, and explicitly tells everybody around him he wants to come to the Flyers, and they don't do it. I just, I'm just so confused how this guy still has a job, how the fans, how... It's just explicitly out there. The fans think it's going to happen. He thinks it's going to happen. And then he just comes out and says, it was never on the table. It's just super frustrating to constantly see moves that are made and they think are going to make a difference, but every year fall flat on our face and come to the playoff times. We see these teams who are winning and what they're actually made up of and then realize what the Flyers are never made up of and haven't been for so many years. It's just kind of insane to continue to watch and, there is no heart at the center of the organization with Dave Scott or Comcast anymore. So ultimately until there's any real fundamental change, there's not going to be any change in the team or the structure or who they're trying to bring in to win. And it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, Jack, that's what the second, third, fourth time we've heard a similar response there. Like this is not just, this is not a random response. Like the general population of Flyers fans feels this way that there's no hope right and I think everyone's a little bit disheartened and it's it's a crappy feeling to have like you're supposed to like we talked about during the uh, the beginning of this you're supposed to want to look forward to watching the Flyers they're supposed to make you happy right like that's why we watch sports it's like to enjoy ourselves you know to watch our teams win We've been through we've been through a lot, and we just had to sit through another postseason where we weren't a part of, and we're we're getting trying to gear up and be positive about next season after uh, two horrific seasons, and then today just felt just felt like a spit right in the face, like wow, so we really have no no interest, and it's it's a it was a really tough pill to swallow. It was pressers I normally think are like useless, like they're kind of dumb. Today was so eye-opening. I just could not believe it went down the way it did. And, um, yeah, I understand a lot of people who are going to shut the Flyers off for a while. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Can't blame them. Uh, we do have two more before we wrap this up. I do want to get to you guys. So let's get to DJ DD adding you as a speaker. Just make sure to take yourself off mute on the bottom left. Hey guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, Man, it's like you listen to that press conference today and man, it's like Chuck Fletcher just was already walking out the door. It seems like he just didn't care. Um, you know, I and even I feel like even with the, the uh, Johnny signing, if they did get him, I just feel like in the future he would have been, been gone regardless, just because he just put himself in a hole anyway. Um, but, you know, it's it sucks. You know, it's like you're. Like you said, you know, we we look forward to watching the Flyers in October. And this year I'm already saying, well, we'll get it next year, you know. But, um, you know, even that's okay. So we get the first overall pick. You know, we could get Connor. And then, you know, if Cutter works out, we get those guys. But even then it's, you know, you, you don't know if those guys are going to pan out. So it's I just don't understand why you don't trade – picks for guys that you know are gonna produce at that point picks are just gambles you know you 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 don't know if guys are gonna pan out or not but you know you got a superstar there that could put up 100 points and you don't trade for him so i i just don't understand that um i don't know how everybody else feels but with the contract i would have gave johnny the c you know we're in need of a captain and he would have gave us a thousand percent every game so that's what i gotta say to that (laughs) thanks guys yeah, and thank you. And a guy like that, they don't become available very often. When they do, you jump on that, especially when he's a local kid like that. And we couldn't, we could have ten years worth of solid drafting and never get a player as good as Johnny Gaudreau. So the fact that he was available and ready, wanted to play for your team, like you just do it. You just jump on that. And the, the ultimately, they decided not to. And here we are. No, no, uh, no vision, no plan. No, nothing. All right. Jimmy's on hold, uh, hold here. So I will just, I got Michael Crowley. I'm uh, putting no, you my, up. To, oh, you're no, go ahead, Jack. You're good. Sorry about that. No problem. Just uh, trying to connect the listener here. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I mean, it's been better as a Flyers fan. Today's been tough, to be honest with you. But. This 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 organization is just completely rudderless. They have no clue what they're doing. There's no direction, and it just seems like they're just taking a step backwards instead of taking a step forward. I just I don't get like why you wouldn't want to trade the first round pick and try to unload JVR to get a player like Johnny Gaudreau and he goes to Columbus. I, I just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and they're acting like these draft picks are just have been gold for them in the in the past. Uh, they have no problem drafting or developing, which is definitely not the case. And like I said, to get a guy like Johnny, you might never draft yourself, let alone develop. So if he's here and he wants to play for you, you just do it. Like it's an easy, it's a no brainer. And you see a real GM like Yarmulkekalainen and essentially say those exact words. And now he'll be in the division against us. Granted not a hated division rival, but our team didn't get any better today at all. And we're not looking at much of a future because again, there's no direction due to the amount of inaction and changing of what we thought was, was the correct path. Yeah. It's just, you know, and they go and 
you know, you trade Ghost away in a second round pick for you get for nothing, and then you go and trade you know, three draft picks for D'Angelo, who's basically the same as Ghost. I mean, he's a great offensive defenseman, but doesn't play defense, and that was what Ghost was. So, yeah, and I see a lot of those tweets with the all the assets we sent out and all the picks with it and the players and what we brought in. And, you know, in my opinion, risk the line and makes that look pretty rough, especially with the doubling down on that. And, you know, now D'Angelo, who's looked better last year, but he could blow up at any minute. And it's yeah. only your deal. It's $5 million. $5 like million. in a million with Carolina, I understood it. You know, now it's like, okay, well, I guess he does have to play on your top pairing now because one, Ellis is not playing. I fully believe that he will not be here. And you're, what are you going to do? Are you going to put him on your third pairing? Your second pairing is pretty much set up. He's going to play with Provorov, and I think that's going to lead to disaster. I think Carter Hart's going to be hung out to dry again. And I, I think we're going to be, I do think Fletch will be out of here by before Christmas. And uh, then what? We got another year of scrambling for a new leader. Oh, well, they'll probably go with Briere, obviously. But does he? What's his plan? Where are we going there? Are we starting all over again? We're just pushing. We're pushing three years back before we're even in relevance again. And it's, we're going to see more teams lap us in their rebuilds. Yeah, and the division is just absolutely loaded. You look at the Metro. I mean, like you said, we're probably the worst team in the Metro, and I could see it being that way for several seasons, which is just depressing. Yeah, I mean, you you just look at every team. Like, the Rangers have surpassed us tenfold. Washington and Pittsburgh won't go away. Uh, Carolina's good. They won't go away. They're acquiring players left and right. Uh, New Jersey's got a hell of a prospect pool, and they're all getting better moving up, and now they're willing to spend. Uh, and then Columbus just added Johnny, Johnny Goudreau, the guy we should have had. Yeah. And they have one of the better GMs in the league. So, yeah. That looks that we are firmly in that eighth or seventh or eighth spot for the worst in the division. Yeah, and how about Pat Turetti going to Carolina for nothing? Why couldn't uh, Fletcher get on the phone with Vegas for just dumping guys for nothing to get a guy like that that can score? Well, just just seeing the players around the league that were moved for cap reasons and the fact that the Flyers couldn't move JVR, like yeah. why were they able to do it? They weren't. You know, why are other teams in such better cap situations with much better teams, and we're nowhere near that. Yeah, you know, so I, I don't know what the point of today's pressure pressure was. If he was just going to announce a few minor signings and ultimately just lie to us, <laughs> like you could at least you could live with honesty, you know. And it seems like they're just trying to pull the wool over our eyes as fans, and we're seeing right through it. Exactly, He's treating us like we're dumb. Like we, I understand Philadelphia. They might not exactly be heart surgeons, but we know when somebody's bullshitting us, and that was the most obvious bullshit job I had ever seen, and the audacity for him to be upset about Charlie asking the question about us being sold a bag of goods is, is just appalling. Like, how dare you get upset with the question? You clearly lied to us, and now you're doing it on TV, not just in practice after whatever's been said. You're speaking, and the words that you are saying are flat-out lies. What the hell happened to this organization? And it is so embarrassing, and it's scary to think about. And they just, they right now, they don't have a future. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, sad. And you hope that the best thing that can happen is that Fletcher gets canned. They start out slow, and then they can... You know, get somebody in here knows what the hell they're doing, and Twitterell could at least get something out of some of these players and develop them. And these draft picks that they're refusing to trade actually turn in to be good players down the road, and they could actually, 
develop into a, you know, a good fast team that can score plays good defense. You have the goalie there, but you know, that's just kind of what you're dealing with. Right. And for it to be a really true rebuild for me, it's got to start with the front office. They definitely have a clean house there. They need, they need better medical staff. They need better development, like drafting. I'll never know if they were good or not because they can't develop half the guys and the guys who have made it, the Farabies, like, could they be better? Like, was the development, did it affect their growth? Like, we'll just never know. We just know that it's not working. And they got to—they really got to start from scratch here. And that's not going to happen for a while. And that's going to push this team and any kind of playoff success back significantly. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know something's broken and we don't have faith in this organization to fix it. That's really the bottom line. Right, and uh, we're just going to be in purgatory until somebody comes along and figures it out or whatnot. That's all I had. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, we're just in purgatory. We're just going to be here. We're just going to be here for who knows how long. (laughs) And the audacity of Chuck at that one point in the press conference was like trying to explain to us how important picks are. I was like, "Are are you shitting me? The amount of picks he's given up for guys that are putting you in the cap position that you're using for an excuse to not do anything, again, makes no sense. Literally zero. It, it feels like he moved out all these draft picks to get two years of D'Angelo, and now that we have D'Angelo, he's going to make moves to recoup those draft picks, like it, but not make the team any better. Like It doesn't make any sense. Like They're just moving in circles and like you said jack about like being fired if like i want him fired now he should have been fired last year but like i'm 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 gonna be i'm gonna be more mad it's weird to explain but like then i'm gonna say why the why did you let him do all this stuff like he should have never been given it to to begin with and now he ruins it more and then you're like okay okay this guy sucks like now we're done and you're you're like you said you're more years behind now Next yeah, G- and, this year- and then the next GM is going to have to talk about how he's cap strapped because of the last guy. And we've already been <laughs> through that. Like the last GM didn't listen to anybody. And that was the issue. Right. And now this GM is listening to everybody <laughs> and it's an issue. Yeah, you're not wrong. And he's going to be the scapegoat this year. I'm telling you, they're going to get off to a, even if they get off to a decent start when they start losing in November again, he's going to be their scapegoat when they let him go. And they're going to buy themselves, whoever's making the actual decisions, uh, more time. And I, I don't know if they're hoping for the cap to go up or what, but they're just treading water here and they got their scapegoat all lined up for next year. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, that's a scenario. I think we have right. to wait for 2025, 2026 season <laughs> because yeah. that after the 24, 25 season is when the players get like a billion dollars or whatever it is, is going to be paid back to the owners um, right before the 25, 26 season. And I think it was NRD who said by then the cap should be at like 92 ish. So like you're, you might see like the two, three increase. Uh, for the next two, three seasons. But again, like are, we're waiting again, two, three years again. That is where we are. That's a recovery mode right now. It's like a recovery effort to figure out what the hell's going on. The opposite of a retool. It, it makes no sense. This isn't fun. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, this little 
Twitter spaces, but being a Flyers fan is not fun. Um, having said that, we're well over an hour into the show now, I'm pretty sure. Um, if you guys aren't aware, uh, there's another space is going on. We're going to end ours, but if you, you, know, if you still want to get in for some Flyers talk and for whatever reason talk about this team still, I think Ann Sanfilippo's hosting a spaces, so make your way over there, hang out with Ant. Uh, but for now, we're going to end part two of our NHL free agency spaces. I want to thank everyone for hanging out. Thank you, Jack, and for Anthony for hanging out as well. Uh, we're going to release this as a podcast episode. We're going to mash part one and part two together. We might, maybe I'll put them out as two separate ones. But everybody that was on, everyone that got a chance to speak or, or, or whatnot, you'll be on our podcast. So make sure you look out for that. It's anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, uh, wherever you get your, your podcasts from. Uh, you'll be able to hear yourself. So that's pretty cool. Make sure you give us a listen. Uh, make a follow at Flyer. Give us a follow at Flyers HW. Um, yeah, and if you're, if you're in the Flyers podcast, go check out the Pod Street Bullies as well as the Time I Skates podcast. So uh, for Jack and Anthony, I'm going to sign off. Once again, thanks for everyone for, for listening and for all the, the, the uh, speakers who you know chimed in and made the show great and made this fun. Uh, maybe we'll do this again uh, soon in the future. So once again, everyone have a good night and we'll talk soon.